Hey everyone, before this podcast begins, we want to tell you about some other arts-related podcasts you're going to love. They are The Conduit Music Podcast, Artsville, Gringo and the Man, Art World Horror Stories, and Not Real Art. On these action-packed podcasts, you'll hear experts talk about creativity, design, the music biz, the art world, visual art, American craft, Chicano art, street art, graffiti, and even stand-up comedy. So be sure to find and follow these great arts podcasts today. Now, back to your regularly scheduled programming. Warning, the Not Real Art Podcast is intended for creative audiences only. The Not Real Art Podcast celebrates creativity and creative culture worldwide. It contains material that is fresh, fun and inspiring and is not suitable for boring old art snobs. Now, let's get started and enjoy the show. Greetings and salutations, my creative brothers and sisters. Welcome to the Not Real Art Podcast, where we celebrate creative culture and the artists who make it. I'm your host, Sourdough, coming to you from Crew West Studio in Los Angeles. Man, do we have a cool program for you all today. I have no doubt you will learn, grow, and be inspired by today's show. Before we get into our main event, I want to thank you for tuning in. Please be sure to like this episode and subscribe. Your likes and follows help ensure you won't miss any of our new shows, and it makes the algorithm gods happy, which helps us. So thanks for that. Also, be sure to visit our website, notrealart.com. Sign up for our newsletter to keep your finger on the pulse of everything we're doing here at Not Real Art for artists and art lovers. A lot of great stuff there. On the website, you'll see you'll get uh, free educational videos. You can sign up for our artist grant for the chance to receive $2,000. You can buy affordable original contemporary art through our partnership with Sugar Press. And you can become a supporter through Patreon if you want. So be sure to check out our website today for all the good, healthy stuff we got for you. Okay, today we've got the one and only Nichos. Recently, I had the opportunity to sit down with Nichos at Miris Gallery here in Los Angeles to talk about his new show, Awakening, which is hanging until May. And for those of you in LA, you've got to go check this out. Over 100 paintings, mostly all new work that begins to tell the story of his awakening over the last three years. And it is a very compelling body of work. I truly enjoyed this conversation. This was extra special because we actually went into the gallery and sat down together and talked about his awakening. He gave me a personal tour of the exhibition, which was fantastic. In fact, we filmed the whole thing and we'll be dropping a video that you can watch. So stay tuned for that. You can find it on notrealart.com. And for those of you who don't know who Nichos is, shame on you. <laughs> I definitely Google him, check him out. This dude is one talented thought-provoking artist. I highly encourage you to listen to what he's saying today, hear his story, and be inspired by it. Be challenged by it. There's some hard stuff in here. I hope we can take inspiration from Nitro's courage 
to do what he had to do to double down and slay the dragons and the demons and take his health and wellness into his own hands and awaken a new healthy artist and human being. So without further ado, let's get into this with the one and only Nichos. Nitros, welcome to Not Real Art. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Man, I'm so grateful to have you here. Same. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Happy to answer all the questions. <laughs> <laughs> How are you feeling, man? I mean, the last three years have just been insane for everybody and you in particular. Oh, well, tired right now, you know, <laughs> but also like I can tell there's a huge shift happening. I mean, I believe with all of us, but this is a chapter is coming to an end of three years of me sitting in the studio focusing on painting this show. Yes, yes. Well, to set the stage a little bit, let's talk about where we're at in the show right now because we're at Miras Gallery in Los Angeles. And some people might know Miras for their space in San Francisco and I think their space in Denver and here. So we're here in the LA space. We're sitting amongst just a few of your paintings in this show that I think has over 100 pieces mm -hmm. in it, right? One, uh, over 100 paintings and then a bunch of immersive stuff and sculptures and loads of drawings. Yeah. And, and uh, NFTs. And NFTs, yes. Of course. You gotta, yeah. <laughs> we gotta, we'll get there. We'll talk yeah. about that. So here we are at Miris Gallery. We're sitting in your show. It just opened February 22nd, right? Of 2022. Yeah, all the uh, twos. A lot of twos. Yeah, uh, on purpose, clearly. Right, right, right. And I guess it's open until May 1st? I think it's extended to end of May now. Okay, nice. Yeah. Good, good, yeah. good. I feel like it should be May 22nd, given all the twos. But Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, well, congratulations Thank you on so much. the show. It's quite epic. I mean, I knew it was a good size show, but as I was just walking through, it's like a labyrinth of discovery. And of course, the show itself is, is called Awakening. There's a lot of the rest of like all of your work, there's a lot of levels and layers to it, to this idea of awakening. Mm -hmm. And as I understand it, and I chose you've been on a personal journey over the last few years, as so many people have been, but you've awakened in many ways within yourself. And I think have kind of given birth to this body of work. Now, we should say that this exhibit includes some retrospective work. So not all of the canvases are brand new, but most of them are. Yes, but the funny part is it's also a huge part of this awakening process. Looking back, I started to understand that this, the whole process already started much earlier. So some of those paintings in the show are very important for this whole thing and how this how it developed. So it was just it made sense to show them too, especially in LA. I had never had a show in Los Angeles yet. So yeah, I was saving up. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I want to show the bigger picture of it all. Yeah, sure. the, the, yeah. The evolution, the journey of of your identity as an artist, perhaps. Well, yeah. Well, you know, long story long, but. We've got all the time as a podcast, so take all the yeah, time you um, like. Well, I got famous as a muralist with dissection work, with the anatomy work I've been doing, and like ripping bodies apart. I feel like that's most people feel about it. And it's like, okay, there's some aggressive stuff happening. I personally didn't even see it that way. Maybe some. It was more like I definitely felt like I'm, I'm entering my personal interest and nerd level when I start dissecting figures or animals and showing the anatomy and stuff like that. So 
and painting that with, with spray paint and large scales was, was definitely a lot of fun. And I had, I had the feeling that I had a, a huge release doing that. So I had, I definitely entered the state of flow during painting big walls and I still do clearly. I could tell already that it had a lot to do with me trying to filter something out of me. I guess especially to, to the, the earlier anatomy works and how it had progressed on the walls, I could feel there was some certain like anger mm. I put in, but I also, I really enjoyed to release it, you know, so that I started doing that kind of work in 2011. I felt like I was really like, okay, this is, this is fun. I'm, I'm having this great experience here. Right? So, and then clearly like me drawing, getting into it, listening to a lot of heavy metal music and really getting the drive. And I was like, this is great. And, and suddenly, well, we made a documentary, The Deepest Depths of Borrow in 2013. This year I did five solo shows. I mean, by far not as big as this one, but let's just say I didn't do anything. It's just paint. And I, I understood that somehow there is a need to let go of something. Mm. And that was my attempt to filter through whatever I was carrying. Like, and I was never like an, a super angry person. I was not aggressive or whatever, but there was something w uh, with me I couldn't really understand. And um, everyone goes through like experiences with with friendships or relationships or whatever. There's always like triggers you don't see right away. I didn't see it at all. I could tell when I was painting, especially in the studio, with all those thoughts and things which happened in the past with certain people were coming up, you know, and I was like, why is this even still concerning me? This has been three or four years already. And so in, in 2015, I had a, we just released the deepest of Borrow, uh, as a, yeah, this documentary, which was very successful. And I'm, I'm super happy that I could share this. Where can people find the documentary? Oh, you, you find it on Vimeo and on YouTube. Okay. okay. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah, we made it free to watch for everyone right. eventually. And then I had a bicycle accident in Vienna, not far from the Rabbit Eye Movement art space. And it kind of like cracked my neck and I was like, oh, I, I, I want to go on tour and paint. And then my shoulder was kind of messed up and my neck was weird, but it, the pain disappeared. But I, I, I realized I was entering a completely new phase of whatever I've been, you know, at first I've been dissecting stuff and like, all the layers so you see the anatomy suddenly i started painting a lot of translucent uh, see-through works you know like those ones you see over here there was definitely more dark energy in it more more aggress uh, aggressive stuff but also i started to enter a phase where there was a lot of like with this translucent work there was already a lot of spirit mm. energy in it where I uh, later found out that this is this is very much connected to what's brewing inside of me. But at that point, I was just having fun. In 2016, I, I got very sick. My digestive system didn't work anymore. And after my show in New York with Jonathan Levine, I, uh, somehow I didn't. It, it, at the beginning, it felt like I'm, I'm stuck in this endless hangover. Mm. <laughs> and Just to be clear, so... The, the illness that you were having at that time 
that was three years after the bike accident. One year. Two, after, one, one, one year. One so year, were they yeah. connected at all? No. No. Okay. No, no, okay. I mean, so you recuperated pretty well from the bike accident. It was well, scary. I, I, I later found out it was connected. Oh, at, this, at this point, that I just thought I had some, right. you know, this is a bike right. accident. Yeah. Because what happened was my digestive system gave up completely. Everything I ate fell through within 10 minutes. The amount of pain I cannot describe. You know, you can literally <laughs> identify what, oh, I just ate this. <laughs> Wow. 10 minutes How ago. Scary. Yeah, it was. And uh, with that, you know, when the digestive system can't gain any energy from, from the food, the immune system is the next to go. And then I kind of like spiraled down in, in, in more sickness. Then the digestive system completely messed up. The, the gut flora is, has no power. At that point, everything comes in. You know, parasites, blah, blah, blah. I was on a journey of trying to find doctors to, who can help me or can tell me what I have. I, I started to lose hair and, and, and I felt like I was more and more congested all over the place. My body was just completely, I, I felt like I was rotting from the inside. That's pretty much how it felt. In 2017, I was already on a point where I was like, I'm going to die. Yeah, it was like really on the point where I was like, this is, nothing can help me. I also understood if anyone can help, then it's me, just myself, like uh, facing this. Um, Nitros, how old are you at this time when this is happening to you? 33, 33, yeah, or 34, something like that. I, you know, I went paint walls. I was fine during painting walls mostly. And then it kind of like broke down on me again. And I lived in San Francisco at this point. I just moved to SF. And when you have no, no immune system, San Francisco is the wrong place to be. <laughs> Eventually after two years. So around yeah end of 17, I ended up in Los Angeles. It was also, I was broke at that time too, because you know, whatever. I, I, I tried to control, I was, was not happening for me with, with money on that point or whatever. And I found a pretty cheap studio in LA and I was, I, I rented that place and, and then a, a job fell through and I'm like, I cannot even afford to rent right now. Do I have to go back to Austria now? What's, what's happening? You know, it's like, it's been very intense on this point. Luckily the universe was doing its job. <laughs> and the same day I got a job and that was the starting point of like, you know, finding some, some roots in, in Los Angeles. But yeah, I was in LA for six months or something very bad. And I was on a point where I'm like, you know, I could even do psychedelics now because it doesn't really matter anymore. All the fear. I feel inside of myself doesn't really matter what happens to me because it seems like I'm, I'm dying anyways. And then a lot of like realization comes in, a lot of facing fears, a lot of, a lot of stuff is like, okay, the only person who can do this is me because we also die alone. So who can help me if I cannot help myself? And that lot of, lot of like understanding of what's happening is, 
because no, literally no one could help me. Like it was. Yeah. So just to be clear, yeah. I mean, you still don't know exactly what's happening. Nobody has diagnosed no, you. At this no, point. no, nobody. Everyone was like, "You are fine. You're just in stress." And I'm like, "I'm I'm in stress because my ballet doesn't work and yeah. my hair is falling out and yeah. all that all that stuff." And then at some point in like early 2018, I got a message by a shaman. Mm. Like maybe one of my friends has connected me and I could literally feel like I saw the message. I'm like, okay, this is getting interesting because I was desperate. I was open already. I was, maybe I have to go to a shrink. Maybe it's a mental thing, whatever. I also started doing that in Europe. So I, back then I just flew back and forth. I was like, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, I have nothing to lose mm. right now. There's literally... I give up all the control because clearly my mind cannot make sense out of it. And then I went outside of LA and I did the so-called toad medicine or say that again. What toad is medicine. Okay. Yeah. What is that? It's five MEO DMT also called Bufo of Arvarius. Okay. Yeah. Never heard of it. Uh, <laughs> you can say it's like ayahuasca. Okay. okay. But stronger mm-hmm. with a Five meo inhibitor. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just ayahuasca is a brew which you know goes deep, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. dance with your soul or and the serpent itself. And it's I'm going way too deep into yeah, but, 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 but ayahuasca is, as I understand it, kind of an organic, natural process. You know, you extract it from the bark of a tree, that kind of thing. Yes, yes, yes. And yeah. then um, uh, the toad is it comes from a toad. A gland. Okay. Uh, it's okay. a defense mechanism from a toad. Gotcha. The Sonoran okay. River toad. I think there's a great family. Guy episode where he licks the frog. Yeah, right? that, that is that is a that's a different thing. Yeah. Podcast, <laughs> yeah, I have. I was like, okay, because it, it, it says it's like you you're gonna die on this experience. You have the, the, a near death experience. Mm-hmm. You, you you go through death, and I'm like, okay, if that's happening anyway to me, I just want to know how it feels, mm-hmm. you know. But I didn't think what's actually gonna happen. I went there and I I smoked that stuff <laughs> oh so that's how you yeah, 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 you yeah, smoke yeah. it okay. yeah, yeah it's a, a crystallized stuff you you heat up and and as soon as you know you can smoke mm-hmm. smoke it and what it does it gets into your lungs i explain everything on a physical thing because you know that's how my brain works with sure. the work i've been doing so i also started to understand a lot on how the physical body works and i've done so much research on the physical body that and I know a lot about it, mm. which is great, mm. right? So I have always fun conversations with doctors. <laughs> they were like, oh, you don't know anyway what I'm talking about. I'm like, no, I know. You know, I know how things work in the body. And so what it does, you smoke it, it gets into your lungs. During meditation, through deep breath, we, we, the lungs already create DMT. Mm. And that is connected to our brain and then to, in, to the connectedness to whatever is mm-hmm. out there, right? So the DMT just opens everything and like it shoots up in your brain and it opens the pineal gland, which mm. sits here in the back, which is the third eye. And it opens it that widely. It's like how I have experienced it. It's like your, I would even dare to say your soul leaves mm. the body, goes through the, the matrix of this reality uploads itself to the higher consciousness and you experience death in the sense of the ultimate connectedness of everything 
but you are nothing. You don't exist anymore, but you are still there, right? So, and I came back 25 minutes later, completely everything was, I mean, I don't want to go into the details of what I've seen, but I mean, I have worked this, this experience into this show quite a lot. It was like I was gone for 10,000 years and I knew that I went home. And this place is, is an experience. It's many people say like, oh, life is an illusion. You don't even know what you're talking about until you have done, uh, until you have gone through such an experience because you understand that incarnation is a real thing and that you've been here many times. You know, you know, we have gathered information from past lives, for example as traumatic experiences which are imprinted in the in the spirit and the spirit brings it back into the new body and that creates cellular memory because the nervous system and the cells are connected and so all the traumatic experiences from the past create the new you when you're born mm. we are here to heal ourselves I, that is something i started to understand in the months after, and literally the day I ha after I had this experience, I was very happy. The, the depression I went through was completely gone mm. because I understood that there was a bigger, a bigger thing going on, mm. a bigger, a bigger. How should I say? Um, I had to overcome something. I understood that the universe only gives you things you can actually deal with. Mm. So I was like, "All right, let's do this." You know, it's like the day after I started to do. A very strange way of meditation. First of all, I, I like I understood that I understand how meditation really works at this point, and I was able to connect to that because before I wasn't. Because every time I tried to meditate, I was just like I saw the storm, like the explosions, the mayhem in my mind, right? Which I always put into my work. So from that, I feel like what I painted and the anger actually came from the crazy storms I had in my mind already my whole life mm -hmm. and that just you know through experiences here in this life it just made it crazier and crazier and I understood it was time for me to work that stuff through and that's why I also got sick because the next thing is our emotions sit in our gut mm -hmm. you know all those things are manifesting physically if if you're not letting things go so anyway, I'm going like many places at one time, but I started doing Tai Chi out of nothing on the next day. Started to understand that I can guide energy from my body. And I started to see myself translucent on all the layers. Like when I meditated, I would just close my eyes and I could see the matrix grids and the energy my body was made out of. And I was like, what is actually happening to me? And Let's say eight months later, I had a show at Mirrors Gallery in San Francisco called The Endless Layers to Consciousness. And so that was a lot of physical stuff, a lot of dissections, cross sections. But also during that time, I, I knew I wanted to go deeper. That's why also the title already, like how far, how much can I dissect so I get to a different place <laughs> of the physical body. And so in that phase, I was still in an integration phase of what actually happened. And for eight months, I was, I was in the end in this trip 
of what what the the, the toad medicine did to me and meditated every day did tai chi for one and a half hours been drawing everything what came to me i had daytime visions and crazy things so it's like it was very like an, an, a very intense time where i'm like i understood that there is way more out there than we would ever even be able to see you know like there's so much happening around us constantly with energies and stuff like that i could feel when the fire started in, in san francisco in 2018 i could literally feel the pain of all the animals and i was like Fuck, what's happening you know so with the meditation i was able to like let that go and i felt like a young puppy in a new world a lot of things started to answer itself the things that i've been thinking about as a, as a child and like how i saw the world already in comparison to other people and the conversations i couldn't have with with people who just didn't understand and that also as a kid already made me made me feel like i'm just lone wolf right and now it suddenly started to make sense and during this experience i remember that some entity was telling me was like well you finally made it you finally came to visit us you know we were waiting for you like you were chosen to 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 come here and to awaken yeah that was i started to lose a lot of weight because the energy literally let go of all that stuff and um and I started to draw. I started to draw my visions. It was still very much anatomy related, but on a different. There was a, a lot of, how should I say, like we would call it magic <laughs> going on, right? The more I, I did that in 2019, in 2018, I finally, like after the show, eventually, I was still very sick and I. But I had the feeling I, I found a way to maneuver through all this. And the funny part is the shrink I was talking to in Europe, literally after that experience, she was like, oh, so now we can actually do the real work. And I was like, why? Well, since you know now how energy flows, I can also, we can also do, go deeper. And she told me that she was most most likely the most powerful medium in whole europe <laughs> i was like how did i end up with you before i even did all this you know and then you you start to understand it's like oh the universe is is moving some things around and looking out for me and that's when the real work started and a year later i, I figured out that i've been drawing it all already all along like there's drawings here in this show where which i did in 2011 and they clearly show my personal spiritual awakening. And that is like almost 10 years before anything happened. So it's powerful stuff. And it's like painting is almost like you speak a language, but you don't, you can't, you don't have, you haven't learned yet how to read it. Right. You're a vessel. Yes. Uh, it's your conduit yes. that you may not even understand. Yeah. But and it, I mean, clearly most of it has to do with my visions I have. Uh -huh. And I have visions from my own past and for other people too, and especially souls I've been connected to. So it's like I understood that I can channel the information to the trauma from the past lives into my work. And I started to understand that 
me doing that is not just only healing me, but also since we're all connected, people are going to be connected to it too. There's always an emotional connection to art. That's why we are here to create. That's, that's our purpose. Create other life and create art. And, you know, it's just still to constantly heal of what we gather in this third dimension. Mm. And it's like, it's like, it's just those 10,000 years I was gone, 25 minutes in this reality. It took me like a while to really understand what it's, what I just have come to realize mm. more and more and more and more. This is when, when the journey for this work started. I eventually sat down and I was like, you know what? I'm not going to race around the planet now anymore and paint murals like a madman. It's helpful, especially physically. But it's time to really tell this story. And not just for me, for my own healing. I just wanted to sit with it. Let it happen. Let the silence you know, spread and the storm come out. And I had a lot of energetic releases during my meditation and let myself feel the pain. And that's what I worked into. I mean, this, I'm, I'm looking at this <laughs> NFT here. This is literally, this is literally what ha what's happening, right? Like if you're there and you, you're screaming it out and you're crying it out and it literally feels like it, stuff is running out of you. This has become like a, a huge process in, um, in this awakening madness but you know with the art i can share and whatever i understood about myself like how i lived my life the energies i've been carrying and what i need to change literally guided by spirit constantly it's like oh your ego wants to go this way because that sounds like the normal thing to do for you right now and spirit is like ooh, little pain here maybe you should actually go this way so yeah this is Literally, the little introduction to what's happening here. So later, when we go through the, through the show, I can I can show you this. The first part is me dissecting myself, mm. and I understood that too. And, and as soon as I have understood that everything I, the artist who paints from his soul paints, is a reflection of himself in the moments mm. of time and space. So I always tell, like, don't paint over your paintings. This is you in this moment. You know, because people paint over, over their old stuff. I'm like, don't. No, it's part of you right now in this place. So it transforms your emotions and your thoughts and, and the, in the moment and what, what you are connected to. And I understood that in, in, from 2011 to 2016, I literally just driven through trauma and the, the anger inside of me. I just, try to find the core by slicing away right, bits and right. bits <laughs> and then i got there yeah you know uh, so yeah one of the things that i that just sort of stands out as i listen to your amazing story that stands out to me is this notion of accepting responsibility for your health your happiness your journey rather than running away or being scared you found the courage to double down and go deeper I hope folks listening to this will hear that and I hope they take that into their own lives because I feel like we're all spiritual beings. I agree, you know, so much of what you're saying resonates with me and my own spiritual journey on a lot of levels, although I haven't done ayahuasca. But the point is, is that, you know, we are 
spirits living in a material world and uh, to quote the police. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and, and I think that we have to, no one's going to do it for us. Like, you know, like we have to, to take responsibility for our own spiritual development and our own health and our own well-being. And your story is, is such a beautiful one that, you know, because you were up against the worst. I mean, you're looking at death, you were feeling like you're dying, and a lot of folks may would have given up at that point, but you didn't. Yeah, on some part I had to. I was forced to give up, or you give in. You're like, right. all right, I can't, yeah, I can't, yeah, I can't right. resist anymore. Mm-hmm. It's resistance is, that's just whatever, you know, I was, I also found a doctor here to, she helps me with uh, microcurrent frequency therapy, which triggers the body's self-healing powers in the end. And you know, like she has witnessed and muscle tested me and everything I'm going through is on a so-called esoteric spirit level. Mm-hmm. Like it's all a synchronization of 50,000 years down time, right? So <laughs> Nick, what was your yeah. spiritual practice before? I mean, Growing up in Austria, I mean, did you have a spiritual practice? Did you go to church? Everyone was there. You know? I mean, yes. Yeah. You know, I'm from a very traditional Austrian family. Also, I feel like hunting is more culture and religion than religion itself. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's, part, it's part of, mm-hmm. of our culture for since forever. Yeah. So I've, um, my family practices that my dad does a lot of hunting my grandfather did a lot of hunting mm-hmm. it's just uh, more like going in the woods and find the peace yes is, yes. is, is better than uh, like singing the hello you know yes. in a completely yes. wrong way yes. but yes. but still you know everyone was very religious till my parents my parents didn't care too much about it my mom always just felt guilty when she doesn't that changed after you know, but this, this gets us that, that idea right of like <laughs> the fact that you know there's a difference between spirituality and religion and and nature can play such a key role in connecting to the universe yeah. and the bigger truth as a child already i didn't i was not able to make the connection between the story of christ and the church itself i'm like this feels weird it's like feels weird. What is this guy even saying? You know, this is, but yeah. So like, also down the road of past life mayhem, the church and me have not been the best friends, right. even though we were. Like, well, I could see fighting it. for the yes. same thing. No, no, no. Thing. Well, <laughs> and you know that, that kind of takes us back around yeah. to that notion of people looking at your work and maybe seeing some sort of darkness or some sort of violence to it. And overly religious people I've known over the years can be. Particularly sensitive. <laughs> you know, the, the thing is, is, is I, I don't think it, that it's even that bad with my work. People are triggered, mm. clearly, especially because I paint in public spaces. But people spiral down into craziest mm. places in their mind. With mm. like, I paint a dissected shark in San Jose for the San Jose Sharks, and there's this person who comes up, "Oh my God, this is horrible!" I'm like, no, it's nicely painted, but you know what's happening in the world and Trump. This was literally the next word. I'm like. Oh, Oh, is that going on in your mind right now that you're connecting my dissected shark or a, a translucent living yes, creature right, right. to the problems mm. you were? Yes. But it, it's also it's also good to see that people are faced with their fears because yes, that is yes. triggering that is triggering the healing. Right. If they are ready for it. Right. Um, well, what, and I so appreciate that story, you know, because one of the things that I've always appreciated about your work is there's a truth-telling aspect to it. Like, 
Like, I think a lot of folks, you know, it's interesting. Many folks want to eat a delicious steak, but they don't want to know where that steak came from, and they don't want to watch it being butchered and they, or hunted or whatever. And so this idea that in, it sort of feels like listening to your story and having observed your career from afar over the last, you know, 10, 15 years or whatever, it's like you, your initial work has been this sort of exercise in reverse engineering the sort of biological layers uh, and, the, you know, and looking beyond the surface to say, no, guys, you're actually, you know, that's not you. you well, yes, this is you, but all these other things are you, too. And now in this new sort of awakened phase, you're sort of taking that to the next logical step, which is like, we're not just biological beings, we're spiritual beings. And you're starting to look through the layers yeah. of, the, of, of our spiritual selves. Yeah, yeah. And, th and the funny thing is, like also remembering or reading old interviews or whatever, I've been always already talking about energies mm. and like how I have observed things, like, but not consciously, like talking about spirit or whatever you know but now this has come to a completely different awareness and the funny thing is like awareness is is, is a, it's, it's a tricky thing <laughs> because you, you you go through places and things happen you see a deeper meaning in the connectedness of everything right away mm -hmm. and then it's like damn this studio like one of my friends, he was fixing one of my sculptures. My sculpture was still there and his whole studio burned down like this week, last week. The sculpture is also very much connected to an energy which I already let go of. And I understood completely that whatever he needs to let go of and I already let go of and the other guy in the studio was supposed to let go of, it's now come to a like, you know, and you see like, oh, damn. This is forcing you to face yourself. For me, it's a final journey towards this. It has completely come to an end. And the other one, similar. You know, so you see like, oh God, this is all connected. We are all connected. I knew those guys already from before and we were supposed to meet here in LA. Stuff like this is like everything is like, and you need to be very careful with not spiraling down in your mind, you know, and start like, so it's constantly, Coming back down, brooding, meditating, uh, like observing what's going on inside of you, how you react, and how this is like how you can in the end let go of it. You know, it's 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 crazy, but like, and then here, like, what I paint, you know, like this layer, this layer, this layer. Oh, it's all like it's all connected. I clearly I want to show all this stuff. That, and also knowing that people can connect to this and then it's like, yeah, I saw this on my acid trip, you know? And it's like, yeah, but there's a reason why you saw this on your acid trip. You're not just running around and experiencing whatever bullshit your brain is telling you. This is actually there. This is all stuff which really exists. And if it doesn't exist in the outside world looking at you, it, it's, the darker stuff is the stuff you should really look at because that happens inside of you. The inner world and the outer world and how it reflects itself constantly. It's like how the program of the matrix works. And we are, here it is, we are back talking about um, a, a computer program um, made by the universe where we are and things are repeating for us because we vibe in that sense. And 
uh, until we let it go. So we change our path if we come to the awareness of that. That is healing in the end, right? So it's it's like, wow, you know, and trying to put this into paintings is a real challenge, but it's also a lot of fun. Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Nitrous, I'll tell you what, this is a perfect time for us to wrap up the podcast episode of this conversation. And I would love for you to take me around the gallery and talk to me about that process. Let's do that. In this show. Excellent. All right, Nitrous. Thank you, brother. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Not Real Art Podcast. Please make sure to like this episode, write a review, and share with your friends on social. Also, remember to subscribe so you get all of our new episodes. Not Real Art is produced by Crew West Studios in Los Angeles. Our theme music was created by Ricky Peugeot and Desi DeLauro from the band Parlor Social. Not Real Art is created by We Edit Podcast and hosted by Captivate. Thanks again for listening to Not Real Art. We'll be back soon with another inspiring episode celebrating creative culture and the artists who make it.